From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. This one got it rolling. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's The Big and Wild Outdoors. I don't know about rolling, but it was moving. Braden Gunn, Glenn Kimmon, and Bill George and Knock, he made it in. Didn't go to Hall of Notes last night. He's very disappointed. Sadly. Sadly. I'm sorry, buddy. Sorry you didn't get to go. What did you do? Had to pull duty on somebody else or what? Uh, my other team messed up, and I had to bring them equipment at the yeah. Florida Credit Union Amphitheater. Hey, you wanted that promotions job, buddy. You know what? You got to be on call. That phone is now a PCU. Yeah, but you, you're and, dependent you know. on everybody else to be uh, on their game as well. I'm just saying I, I just half an done. hour drive or an hour and a half drive unnecessarily. Ooh, heads are going to roll come Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, you're fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Here's a piece of paper for you, and uh, have a nice day. Uh, we are in the studio today. Uh, only person missing today is Jonathan Swindle. He's uh, apparently out running around doing something. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, he never idea. said what it was. Uh, maybe I, it's a big, it's a secret. All I know is that Mama spoke and uh, it was over. <laughs> it was, I'm not going to be there Saturday. So, uh, yeah, you guys do what you got to do. But later on at uh, 9 o'clock, Vince Noble is going to be uh, dragging in some poor soul in here today. From uh, Twisted Limbs, um, he's going to uh, bring him in, and we'll be sitting there talking about uh, bow fishing and all that kind of good stuff. They went out and actually filmed a, an episode, and uh, apparently they want to take uh, Glenn or somebody out on a boat and see if they can't drown him, which is going to be kind of hard to do, because I've seen the man throw a gig, and it's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah, especially it, if you're trying to push me over. Uh, you know, I thought about the time, you know, Vince was telling me about the, uh, you know, the great adventure that they had out there on the water. And I was like, you know, doing it the old school way like you and I did that time when we went out, we went out gigging for the night. Yeah. For, uh, gator. Uh, huh? Take two. Mullet gigging. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Rough night last night. Uh, and. The amount of fun, because that took me back to when I was a kid. We used to do that all over the place, around Weed Island and everything. And, of course, you know, it seemed like a million years ago. But back then, you know, the rules were a little more lax when it came to snook or redfish or anything else. So you could come home with a boatload. But uh, it was so funny because we went out there. It's like uh, like a bi- you know, riding a bicycle. Once you get back into the mode, you know, and you... Let that thing fly the old-fashioned way, you know, with that big 10-foot shaft on there and throwing it like a crazy man off the front of an airboat. It was awesome. Yeah, it was uh, – yeah, it's like like you said, once you get back into the groove, after a, probably about 50 misses, you're back in the groove. <laughs> you know what's really funny is <laughs> – and I don't know if, if, if you've ever experienced this, Bill George, in your gator hunting adventures, but the one thing that will start a fight in a boat quicker than you know what is the guy in charge of the light <laughs> not not shining it uh where the guy wants it to go the guy in charge of the light will start more fights in the front of the boat than anything else in the world well, you gotta remember. he's looking over there you're looking over here you see a flash over there it's like come over here to the right and, and you know you're trying well, to grab wrists and the, the guy with the gig is usually behind it's always a second behind because the guy with the light spots the fish yeah the fish now, moves but by the time the 
Gigger. What, why don't you put a light on your head and then it's always where you're looking? Well, because when we were out there, it was kind of a last minute dealio and we went out and we didn't have any fancy smanchy, you know, headlamps or anything like yep. that, which again is another problem because then when you turn to talk to somebody, what's it's, the first thing you do? You try to look them in the eye and, yeah, hey man, turn that light off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you need a switch so when you turn your head to your buddy, you know, you can click it off or something because yeah. uh, otherwise now you have nothing but big bite, you know, balls of sunlight in your eyes and you can't see anything for about another minute or two. But um, Well, it's just amazing the, the difference over the years. You know, back when I was young, it was a gas Coleman lantern that you put a shield on that we walked around with to try and do a lot of things. Then it turned around, you end up with those aircraft carrier lights that people made headlamps out of, and now LEDs and generators on boats, and it's it's just... The technology has it, come leaps and bounds. <laughs> From yeah. the old days of, you know, the old Q-beam spotlight that yeah. everybody had to have, you know, three million candle watt, you know, and you get out there and... And your you know, dimmer was you shine it up and just let the bottom part glow. <laughs> That's your dimmer. <laughs> shine it into the boat, you know, or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, so we'll be talking to Vince and the crew uh, when they come in around 9 o'clock and see how his adventure went and uh, maybe what we can do. I wish Jonathan would have been here. It's all about bows and stuff. I don't know anything about that. That's so why he's, he, he's tired of talking bows. He does it during the week, so maybe he figured he needed <laughs> to just take a day off. Yeah. Glenn's got this covered. It's all good. So we'll, uh, we'll move on from there. But, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't say last weekend was probably one of the most fun, best weekends that you missed out on. The Panfish Challenge, the fourth annual Panfish Challenge last Saturday. We if had, they missed out on it. We had such a good time, man. It was so much fun. Actually, I had a guy came into G5 this past week and he's like, yeah, me and the kids were there, man. We saw you there. It was awesome. We had a great time catching fish, man. I said, did you win anything? And he's like, no, <laughs> but we that, caught a lot of fish. That's hard to do. Yeah, we, we, uh, we caught a lot of fish and had a great time, so it really didn't matter. You know, it was a time to get away with the kids and have fun. And uh, I tell you, man, it was hard fishing this year. I, I didn't see the baskets that we saw last year, but I did see some bigger fish it seemed like to me was, no, was I, I think i think the top was like for 12 fish it was like almost 11 pounds or a little over 11 pounds or something like that yeah it's, it, it was posted it was uh just a little over 11 pounds and uh that was a good basket that was that that, it, was, that you know every basket may not have been that but there was a few good baskets in there which which really those tougher days helped separate the people certain people from the others that's you true know. you know but we had uh 49 registered uh participants and out of those 49 uh we did finish out the top 10 everybody in the top 10 placed and uh received an award of some sort and uh, of course our winners were from zephyr hills first and second place was uh two brothers and they brought their families up and of course how that worked out was the guy showed up on Friday. One of the brothers showed up on Friday to bring his 13-year-old son up to do some fishing for his birthday. And then uh, they got looking at the flyer. And, of course, I was sitting in there, and we started talking about it. And they rented a boat from Jim on Friday. And, of course, he said uh, they were all booked up on the boats, didn't have anything available for Saturday. So he went home, entered the contest, went back home, and uh, brought his boat back. And then, of course, his brother said, well, I'll go too. So <laughs> their family came, and they found a bluegill bed. So guess what? Like family do, they shared. They shared the 
the area. They both caught fish, and I think second place had nine pounds. So there was a big, you know, there was a couple of pounds difference in the, in the two. So there wasn't no sharing. No, you got yours. Yeah. I'm keeping mine. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I, I will say the most impressive uh, basket of fish out of all of them that was turned in was the 12 stump knockers. Of those 12 stump knockers, uh, that guy had, I believe it was four point something pounds of stump knockers. And what makes that unique is the fact that, you know, they don't get that big, but they're real thick. Uh, if you get one the, the size of your hand, just in length itself, it's uh, that's, a, that's a grown one. I mean, those are pretty good. The first thing he did, though, when he walked up with that basket, is, of course, the biologist was making a big thing out of it because that's his favorite to eat. And I told him, I said, you fish, you must have been fishing in Jones's Creek. And he goes, yeah, sure was. I was in some shade. And, uh, cause that's the place to go. If you're looking for a good mess of shell crackers and even some more mouth perch at Jones's Creek is a, a producer. Well, you know, it was amazing that he, you know, kept the, got into a mess of just one species. You had so many people that brought in, you know, a whole plethora of stuff. You know, we had warm mouths that were in there that a lot of guys had caught, which basically did not count, but hopefully, uh, Maybe by next year we might get that changed. I don't know, but uh, we had uh, you know you had shell crackers, big giant bluegill, big shell crackers, and uh, warm mouths, and I mean they were there was a whole a whole plethora of those things. Yeah, point nine nine pounds was the uh, biggest bluegill. Yeah, my son had one for a while that he thought was in the running. I mean, yeah, the a, shell cracker was nice. That was a big old shell cracker. I was like, man, me if you'd have caught like ten more of those, we'd be in the money. But uh, <laughs> uh, you know, he went out with your uh, father-in-law Johnny for a while, and they had a great time. I went out on the airboat and fished up the river, fished on the lake, went in a couple of different spots, and had a good time. And I, I saw nothing but happy people. You know, I didn't see anybody walking out of there disappointed. Kids all walked out with a ton of stuff and. A lot of people walked away with some money and prizes, and uh, I think even Bill George won something. Yeah, no. we get we get back from the break. We'll we'll finish up with that. But we are big and wild. Brought to you by G Five Feeding Outdoors, Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, hey, hey! It's Saturday morning, big and wild outdoors. Braden Gun, Glenn Kimmon. Bill George, Knox in the studio. We're all in here today hanging out, talking about uh, last weekend's great event that we had. It was the uh, fourth annual Panfish Challenge, and uh, looking forward to next year already. I know my children are. They had a great time out there running around fishing. It was hot, but it was good. Rain's held off until later on this uh, in the evening, so it wasn't so bad. Nobody got rained on. It wasn't a watch out or anything like that, and um it was a very good year this year we had 49 boats registered and on those boats there could be up to as many people as it can hold i mean those pontoon boats there was people loaded up all over there well the pontoon boats are kind of unique anyway uh they they all have every boat has a coast guard approved uh vessel sure approval on the amount of people or weight limits and uh but the pontoon boats that showed up of course they were families and uh they were some of them had as many as 10 people on them, and uh, there was those big 24-footers, looked like yachts, and the only thing that was missing was a grill because it was too hot. They just throwed all their hot dogs or whatever on the metal and let it fry up. Yeah. Well, I know there was uh, there was one boat in particular I watched go out, and it was pretty scary. 
with what? three with three adults in it, and it was it was leaning all kinds of ways. Kind of reminded me of the old uh, crappie turn. Uh, well, they were in that little narrow John boat. Is that yes, the one you're talking about? Yes, yeah. it reminded me of me, you, and Doug in that that twelve <laughs> footer out there trying to catch crappie, and it was just like, God, don't move. Nobody sneeze. We'll flip over twice. Oh. It was pretty scary, but uh, they were the only ones that I was really concerned about. But they made it back. And they had a good time, and uh, everybody did. I don't think we had one boat breakdown this year, which is good. Uh, yeah, we did. Oh, we, we did. We still had one. Oh, there's yeah. always one. But uh, that was uh, it was a good thing. And of course, uh, this past week, as well as you mentioned, someone stopped in there at G five and said that they were there. But uh, in my uh, in my travel, some of them were like, "Hey, I seen that uh, tournament. How come we didn't know about it?" Yep. I said, "As much as we talked about it on the air." As much as we posted it on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. <laughs> I'm finding more and more people don't have Facebook or they canceled their accounts or, or gave up or, yeah, or, or, or closed them up. out or whatever. So uh, we really start, we need to start pushing our website more yeah. as well. So Well, we're only on four different channels. It's yeah. not like you can't find us on the radio. And, I mean, seriously. And one of the things, too, that I found is a lot of the – now. Uh, the older generation for the the lady side, they they still run their Facebook page, and that's how they communicate with their kids and keep up across um, the United States or wherever. But the guys are like they're just old old school. If it ain't on television or I don't hear it from word of mouth or on your show, I don't I don't know anything about it. <laughs> and it only takes one or two times to miss the show or catch it in the wrong hour. Or that segment, and we might not mention it. So well, that's true. So you're saying we should just mention the Panfish Challenge starting now? No, we don't need to do that. But <laughs> I will say that uh, there's those that were there were asking what the date was for next year, mm-hmm. and uh, Jim was like, "Man, should we go ahead and, and and establish a date?" And I said, "Absolutely not." Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, let's don't do that right now. It's too early. If we committed and something happened, then it would be a, a terrible thing to correct. But who knows? That's at the beginning of hurricane season. You know, all kinds of things can change. So <clears throat> we'll have to wait and see until next year. But I would think that we'd probably want to get a little closer to the to the moon phase again. Uh, maybe that would help out. You know, with some of the uh, bumper crop or something. But One now, is I- it true that somebody told me that like every Almost every one that you were cleaning was filled with eggs. They haven't even yes. dropped their yeah, eggs they were, yet. They, so. they, were, they were full of row. But the, uh, the this year's tournament was not dominated by the local. Uh, the local anglers up there, they know the lake very well. And uh, last year and the year before, the first place went to those. Actually, uh, every time, the first place always went to uh, someone who lived in that area or fished that lake a lot. Uh, this year, it wasn't that way. The guys that are usually the – that you can count on that's going to be the, your winner. Um, the lake has changed from Irma, and uh, they just they just hadn't figured it out. And, of course, the guys that fishes on occasion is the ones that want it. They just yeah. happened to find a bluegill bed, uh, and that's what that's what done it. But um, I guess one of the guys up there that was local, he was going to be probably in the top two or three finishes and uh, dropped his fish basket coming in. As soon as he started, the basket broke off the clip, and it went down, and he spent about an hour and a half trolling that spot, sitting in that spot trying to snag the bag and the basket, and uh, no, to well, no avail. I had Didn't some happen. snatch hooks in the truck. <laughs> I'm sure you, <laughs> you know did. how much of that eelgrass you would have collected. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, but again, as you mentioned going into the break a while ago, all those kids – I don't know how many kids there was. I know we got them on registration as up there with Kelly. She was very uh, thorough about that because every kid, you know, got the the bait bucket full of tackle. 
uh, got the rod and reel combo, the telescopic poles, all from uh, the poles and the telescopic poles all came from Southeastern Tackle. Mark and the guys over there wouldn't wouldn't have been possible without those uh, stepping up and helping out and getting those vendors uh, to donate a certain amount of that equipment for these kids. And um, it, it was just it's if you look at those pictures I sent you last night, uh, just capturing those kids holding their basket of fish up or the bucket to weigh them <laughs> in, you would have thought those were gold bars in there for them because oh, yeah. that was. That was their bounty for their efforts that morning, and uh, it was just uh, it's just awesome to see that the kids and you know and that's what makes that tournament special is the fact that the parents show up they're bringing their kids to have a good day of fishing regardless of the outcome it's going to be a great day everybody's a winner and uh, those kids got to spend that time and I tell you when that girl says you know two years ago she said I got knocked out of third place and. It doesn't matter. I got to fish with my dad today, and that's and it took me back. That's what it's really about. It's not about being able to take the first place all the way down for the the prize money that Brandon Ford donated to us. And uh, it's um, I tell you, for a twenty five dollar boat registration entry, you you cannot go anywhere and enjoy a day of fishing for that for the amount of prizes that you potentially could win. Yeah, you can't even go to the movies with your kids for that money. And the guy that won, the, I think, fourth place, uh, he hung that trophy up, that cutout of that panfish, and that's what's really unique. Everybody that wins, that they're not, the guy that won um, that medal, that powder-coated uh, panfish plaque, he didn't even care about – he didn't even know he'd, he'd won cash, too, in the envelope. He was – he was excited about winning that fish trophy that he hung it up, hanging it up, and drove around with that thing. It was, and then, of course, uh, somebody told him, "Say, hey, you know, you got some in that envelope. Don't just throw it down." He goes, "Well, I thought it was just something in there recognizing that I won fourth place." And he pulls out the There's cash. money up in there, man. <laughs> he was just tickled to death about that plaque. But the, uh, but again, there's a lot of people that made that possible, and there's. Uh, we, we need to post that again, and we will. Uh, the last flyer print out. I tell you, one of the big hits was that the water, because it was sure enough a hot day, and all that water that was donated by Culligan in Plant City. We appreciate that, and uh, so did everyone else, because they yeah. stay hydrated, had good water, and a nettle sausage to fill the belly, the belly up. So it was good. It was a good day. And a lot of people come just to watch the awards and everything take place too. In the well, community. they bought fifty-fifty tickets. That and all the <laughs> raffles that went along in there too, and somebody in the fifty-fifty walked away with over two grand. Yeah, that I was mean, incredible. That was, that was uh, you know, you know, the fishing tournament's all well and good, but somebody in there, what was it, a five-dollar ticket or something like yes, that? Yes, five-dollar tickets, and walked away with over uh, two thousand dollars in cash. So that was a good deal. Yeah, that was uh, good for them, and uh, it was just a really a great day. The weather held off, and um, you couldn't ask for it be better and i and one of the things too is polk county uh the parks department that donated the two baskets for uh bone valley atv park i was surprised i'm thinking man i know it's um so far away sumter county and uh people may not really uh want to put their raffle tickets in it but i was really uh surprised at how many tickets were in those bait buckets for each one of those prizes and um but it was a it was a good turnout and a good and a, a lot of support. We generated uh, good uh, money to donate to the Everyday uh, Blessings Children's Home, and uh, we'll be taking them that next week. 
and of course the South Sumter FFA alumni, uh, the amount of money that was generated was just incredible. We were up by almost twelve hundred dollars from last year. Nice. Well, Bill George, did you win anything this year, buddy? I know I, last year I you did walked not. away with a. <clears throat> last year I I won big with the pole saw, which has seen a lot of action. You know the Husqvarna pole saw that Choo Choo donated. This year there was a Husqvarna blower in there, but. It also was a, a device that would suck up all the leaves and debris in addition to blow it. It'd suck it up and mulch it. And so I'm like, I, I tried the same strategy, and I bought every ticket that I had, and I put it in there, and I lost. <laughs> to somebody who I think put one ticket in. <laughs> and that's all it took is the one ticket. And, uh, Do you want, me to was, tell you, you want me to tell you who won it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I know. I saw him. It was uh, Tara and Zeke from Barracuda Tackle. They, uh, they actually won that. So <laughs> they were happy to get it. So, well, if, you know, you, if you make an offer, you know, uh, let me know. I'll, I'll call them and, and say, uh, Bill I, I want that York. cooler that one of the sponsors won. Your buddy. Oh, yeah. the Liberty Outdoors Oh, one? you didn't tell him he won? Oh, he knows now. Oh, well, wait, I'm no. digging wild. we got to take a quick break. <laughs> Brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, we'll be right back. We're trying to teach sharks to do that. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Teach a shark to eat a lionfish? Yeah, there's a guy in the Bahamas that's, you know, he's spearing him, trying <laughs> to teach him to eat the darn things. How well, they want them already folded up and and done. Like that guy that uh, I watched that video where the guy was attacked by the uh, reef shark when he was catching. Uh, he was sticking those lionfish and putting them in his bag, and you see that shark it literally chased him to the surface even after he dropped the bag of fish. Yeah, well, you know, a bigger uh, meal. why why go for the crumbs when you can get the whole big thing that's okay no we were uh during the break uh talking to trainer yeah (laughs) talking to bill george about the uh fwc meeting that happened down in sarasota this uh last week and uh a lot of airboat guys um are either going to be extremely happy or not very happy you want to know how many airboat people there were at the meeting to speak about the new class that anybody doing commercial operations five wrong four let me wrong. Get, let me get Three. zero wrong. two zero 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 and you know why because i don't think that they were really paying attention to it no they were it's it's not it's not a really big deal for the most part um and FWC had to put something in place with what the curriculum was going to be. Legislative dictated that it was going to happen. So it wasn't a question of, you know, was it going to happen or not? It's it's what was it going to be the criteria for the course and, you know, what type of curriculum it had to be? Where were you going to get it? You know, that type of mechanism is what FWC was needing to get done. The bureaucracy behind the event. Yeah. <clears throat> now, for those who don't know exactly, um, well, we talked about it on the show kind of briefly uh, one weekend where if you're going to be carrying passengers and all that kind of good stuff, you basically have to have a captain's license of some air, sort. Airboat air right. certification class, and it's for anybody who operates an airboat for hire. For hire. So if you're going to go run out and do swamp tours and all that kind of stuff like that. You need which, to have the class. Which, in reality, I can't understand why they didn't. 
they weren't required to have one in the first place. And, and that's because, what a lot of these people are operating on navigable waters anyways. And a lot of people said, hey, just enforce a Coast Guard captain license. But that that's not what the legislators came up with. They wanted something that was even more watered down, which was just an airboat certification class. And there's no, you know, it, I tell you, it's... It, it's not going to be a bad thing, and that's why it just went boom, boom, done. It got voted on. It won't even come back up for conversation. It's just well, going to go straight through. Well, did you see what the, the minimum criteria for the classroom will be and what the knowledge is? Now, I was reading the instructor's portion, what the instructors are going to be required to do, and uh, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, holy mackerel. But here's what the classroom is that you're going to have to follow. Minimum criteria is eight hours of classroom instructed, instructions with a written test, 14 hours on the water instructions, practice and testing and operational practicals where the student to instructor ratio is three to one maximum for on the water instructions. And the core subjects are you have to be able to operate, uh, do a practical and testing must include shallow water operations, deep water, docking, beaching, transition from water to land and back to the water. Um, so it's, you're going to get a practical in the field of operations. Yeah. No, so, but how many hours on the water? Fourteen. 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 So, uh, now I just want days. you to picture this. Picture your kid learning how to drive. Do you think they should be an Uber driver after fourteen hours? Mm, probably not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, it's one of those things where it's at least a start. These guys, the guys that are doing it, are are probably already pretty well versed and experienced in it this is just a Especially new once you have your captain's license and you go through a good course there as well it's for the newbie that might want to go in there and start an airboat tour business or something uh, that has to go through and jump through all the hoops it'll be a little tougher i just I, i'm not saying it's worthless but i'm just saying that's not a very high bar yeah, you, you, yeah i can understand that 14 hours does it sounds like a lot when you have to sit down for 14 hours but over over the course of a couple of days you know uh with yeah. an instructor it's not so bad but you know like anything else it took a tragedy to get this kind of implemented you know it was a, an airboat accident um it took the life of a of a person and so you know that's when somebody stepped back and said you know maybe we should have these guys with a little more training and uh, make sure they're all qualified so that this kind of thing doesn't happen again, which is no guarantee. I mean, there's plenty of people uh, who uh, went and paid somebody, an instructor, learned how to drive uh, out of their own pocket and all that stuff and still, you know, still got in accidents. So those things happen. Uh, Let's just hope that it minimizes it to the, the people, the people that I know that do airboat quite a bit say there's two different kinds of airboat operators. One that have sunk a boat and one that's going to sink a boat. And that's just, you know, things happen. It, the, the boats have no flotation. If uh, steering cable breaks, you're going straight into whatever you're pointed at last, you know. It's just, no, not some, necessarily. When that cable breaks, uh, normally it's going to overpower left or right. It depends on the, the way your setup is on your rudders. And uh, when that thing breaks, if you've never had one break, I've had them break. And it will definitely make you grip whatever it is you got <laughs> around it. <laughs> Luckily for us, though, whenever mine um, mine broke, it was uh, we were already coming to a stop, and so when it did break, it was uh, it was just a manual. But um, thirty seconds earlier, 
it would have been bad. Real bad. So it's just one of those things in, uh, that, like you said, those that have sunk it and those that's going to eventually, um, you never know. It may happen, but one of the bigger things is, too, in this class of uh, curriculum is uh, first aid. And what do you think the, the other one would be, Bill? CPR. Well, that kind of goes with your first aid CPR, but the weather. Weather? Yes. Well, you get caught out in it in an airboat, man. It's not a good thing to be out there. Those big old waves, man. <laughs> I can understand that. Being able to determine that or at least paying attention to it. Pay attention to your weather. Have your the weather forecast for the day so you can be abreast of what's going to happen, what you can anticipate. I just say if you're living in Florida, look for lightning at any moment. <laughs> so it's gonna, but the class, once you get it successfully, you have to maintain uh, your credentials every five years. You have to take the refresher every five years. Well, just like a driver's license, which I think mine's expiring eight. here pretty soon. You get eight years on your license. So so what was the instructor requirements criteria? Uh, the instructor criteria is quite extensive. So uh, you would, you're definitely going to be a very knowledgeable person, either prior to or after uh, this training that comes into place. Uh, they have an application period, too, that you can apply and uh, look at what uh, – and be looked at, you know what I mean? They'll, you'll, you'll have to set it up. It's like a CDL kind of thing is, you know, you set up your, your curriculum, uh, state comes out and then you go through it and they either approve it or they deny it. But once well, you're approved, then, uh, then I guess you can do well, the examination. I would think there's some money to be made by somebody setting up a couple classes because there's going to be quite a few people that have to go through this class in a very short period of time. So yeah, there's a lot of them. Already you may not there. want to maintain it, but get in on the get the the early side and uh, get your money out of these people for having to take a class. Well, that's one of those things that the FWC has put on the agenda that I think is probably a good idea. I like that one. I like the fact that uh, it's like we always say here. You know, a little extra training never hurt anybody. And I know that uh, Glenn, I mean, it seems like every time I talk to him every week, he's in some sort of new training thing he's got to go through every week. And uh, so for for guys who have other people's lives in their hands, I, I think it's a good thing. Sure. I, I have no complaints about that. Uh, what else was on the agenda that I need to be mad about? Is there anything on there I need to be mad about? Mad? It sounds like it was a pretty uh, comfortable, quiet <laughs> it does. Uh, uh, meeting. Because Bill didn't come back and when he called me from – Sarasota, he he wasn't all wound up like he normally is. He was just coming back. And, of course, the biggest thing that I heard Bill say, and I was kind of reluctant to release the information that I had, was he was wanted to thank the, all the biologists that came up and did all the way in and uh, showed the kids um, the identification and gave them some uh, some basic tips on the fish that they caught. And But he did acknowledge yeah. the fact that they, they came out to yeah. do the way in and, and they appreciated the community support and outreach. Yeah, and, th- and that's one thing. You get up there a lot of times and you bust their chops on something. And that's what I was worried about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bullseye Bill. Yeah, there he is. And there that's he, guy. It was funny because I signed up to talk on freshwater fisheries. And, and of course, it was like, Ooh, what does he want? What does he want? <laughs> What's Bill up to now? <laughs> I said, it's, He's it's not bad. Trust me, it's not bad. I just want to well, say thank you to the guys who came and helped us. Yeah, we'll, we'll mention that again right after the break. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by the great and wonderful folks out of G5 Feed and Outdoors. They are open today go out and see them you know that summer sale is still going on so lots of great stuff to get out there and buy go check it out today and also brandon ford i think brooks is here i know his uh girl lori's got her fishing tournament tomorrow so he may out maybe out pre-fishing today 
I don't know. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. So stay with us. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Hey, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, we uh, we do have tickets today. We should have mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but we have tickets to give away. I did, I did too. Well, we're not used to, uh, you know, it's already this time of the year for the, uh, as we call it, or formerly knew it as, the Big Buck Expo. Right. And now it's the uh, Field and Streams Deer and Turkey Expo. That's right. At the RP Funding Building in Lakeland. That's going to be July the 20th through the 22nd. And uh, just got everything worked out with their marketing and uh, office. And it's going to be. Uh, they love us. Well, they're expecting this year to be like the last one there. It's just uh, it's already getting really busy. Where them. are they going to go Where, from there? Tampa Stadium? Don't, no, yeah. we're not going to move again. We're just going to stay in Lakeland. Uh, that seems to be the big hit. I don't know where where, where they're going to move it to. If you, uh... no, they're not going to move it. Oh, I thought what you said. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say going going back into the uh, you know fairgrounds did not fare well. No, it was a uh, because you got to think over there where it was at. You had a lot of people from Highlands County uh, going down to Osceola counties. All those came, but when you moved it towards the west coast, it would kind of put people further to <laughs> it, drive. It was amazing. It's like 20 extra miles, but that was like a, you a know wall what? they wouldn't go past. Yeah, Tradition. That's, a long, that's a long way. We had people who came by. They were came from DeLand. They came from but, Melbourne. I mean, they, they came from all over the place. But so. it's like a lot of people have it. Well, you know what? It was a tradition or something, you know, that uh, back when it first started was David Owens and uh, Jay Everett. They were the they were the founders of that that started it up and um, and it went on for many years and it was always in Lakeland. It did did well and of course then they moved it to Tampa because it just got too big for the amount of people and uh, well I think they were smart. They got a you know they got rid of a lot of the uh, kind of downsized clothes. it. Yeah, they got a, got rid of some vendors who really weren't really. You outdoor know. really well they yeah, call they them kinda, chip and dippers yeah you know so uh you know i think it made it a better show seriously yeah. because now you had more people that were there for the reason of you know deer and turkey and getting out in the woods and going yeah. out and having a good time and but last last year was really a test a lot of people were testing just to see what uh, the venue was and how it made it was the makeup of it and uh, i think there was a lot of people that was uh they appreciated it and i think that's why this year they already experiencing that it's going to be really big yeah so, so if you'd like to go we have one. a pair of tickets to give away we have to do it right now let's make it tough on everybody let's make it caller number 10 no what three yeah. no 10, just the 10. first pair it's okay it's all right knocks yeah, up there. Are you He's sober. It's all good. about like five callers every week and you want to make it 10 all right <clears throat> yes well, the phone's already ringing Look, see it's gonna be fine <laughs> maybe yeah. a 10 would be the number caller so, number 10 and be fine triple eight four oh four ten ten there's the second one triple eight four oh four ten ten and uh, that'll be a get your chance at a pair of tickets to the formerly the Big Buck Expo. Yeah, now it's the uh, Deer, and, <clears throat> Deer turkey. and Turkey Expo. But uh, the good thing is, is this will be easy because all we need is your name and number, and it'll be a will call type adventure. So you just have to show up there and go. Hey, um, yeah, I bought a lot of stamps to mail them out in years past. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we, maybe we ought to turn around and find some type of prize yes. and take a list of the people that won off of the show. And put them in some form of a drawing if they. You go ahead and handle that, Bill you, George. Craig, did you already he's, see that? He's trying to give away everything. Would you get the inside scoop that there was going to be a lot of people won those tickets? The phones are going crazy. Who doesn't <laughs> want tickets to the Deer and Turkey Expo? I mean, everybody wants to go to that. I so. think it's down to the yeah. final 
Knock might have a winner now. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, everybody's up early. There's nothing to do today. It's hot. <laughs> Unless you're going to go out and go fishing, and they're already out. So, so. everybody want to get out early and get out and go do our, uh, do our thing. Fishing on the beach this time of the year, early in the morning, awesome. Awesome adventure. But, uh, yeah, so we'll get, we'll get uh, caller number 10 here in a second. He's burning through them pretty quick. But uh, we'll have more tickets to give away each and every hour all the way up until the day of. So uh, don't think that this is your only opportunity. So we have another pair to give away next hour and then the third hour and then next weekend and then next weekend and then next weekend. And we should be all good. Should have you covered by then. Hopefully, uh, you know, we'll get to see you out there and, I think we're going to broadcast out there. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yes, you know, we'll if, be doing our broadcast there as well. Oh, uh, that means we'll be out there probably at the uh, Arrowhead Archery booth again this year if we're going to do that, right? Yeah, we're probably close into proximity, but I think Knock has his winner over there. I don't know. He's talking to somebody. Yeah, so that's a good sign. I think he's still trying to score tickets for Luke Bryant. <laughs> but don't be discouraged. <laughs> don't be discouraged if you called and you didn't get uh, the lucky 10 as Braden threw it out there as crazy numbers, but uh we do have a winner as well but uh we do have another pair to give away in the next hour See? and of course we got that means two more pair will be given away this morning during the show and of course again next weekend so get That's your friends and said. families get them ready yeah spread the, word, spread the word <laughs> Bill George is apparently cooking up some other thing. I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I'll give it a little thought. We'll talk about it. In what the are you going to give away that we don't have? Go for it. I don't know. Maybe he's we'll thinking give about away it. a harpoon or something, an alligator harpoon. Harpoon? Harpoon. We're going to go out and get some uh, minky whales or something? What are you going hype harpoon? Hey, it was amazing because we were talking earlier about the, the biologist that showed up there, and I, I turned around. I brought one of my alligator harpoon tips out there. What, that we call the double trouble and the one we call the bragging stick yeah and uh took it out there and showed it to him and um, he really liked it he said man that worked really good on fish and it's like yeah my buddy's uh son he he uses it to harpoon fish with all the time really so, as long snook? as they're as long as it's legal <laughs> he's getting snook Tuna, what's he getting <laughs> what? shame on you bill hey, not good, everybody follows the rules good morning vanessa <laughs> how are you let's see I don't know. She's uh, it says she's, she's there. there on the screen. She might well, be. Knox Nark, looking at the board. So. I don't know. He's freaking out. He's shaking his head. Are you there, but Vanessa? Well, beebity beebity. Maybe she left. I don't know. She got her tickets no, and she's, ran. She's, she's I think Nark took a day off, and now he he can't. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, they, <laughs> somebody the man was alone. <laughs> somebody was here last week and try it again. He said he's pointing at us like try it again, fool. Are you there, Vanessa? Well, congratulations. So, Vanessa, she's our first winner of the uh, the tickets. We'll give away more next hour, so uh, don't fret. Don't freak out. Don't do nothing. Just get ready to, to dial. And if you don't know the number, it is 888-404-1010. It's pretty easy. 888-404-1010. Yeah. It's not, it's not hard you to can know. Put Are it you there in now? Your cell phone is big and wild, you know? Yeah, you could do the, that. Big and wild. That way you it's just on sit speed there and say, dial. hey, call big and wild. Yeah, that way it's on speed dial and you're ready to go. That makes it nice and easy. Next thing you know, some other lady answers. You know, what is it with you in this giveaway kick? You tried to do something out there at the Panfish Challenge where you were, like, going to use gummy fish or something like that? Well, I don't know. And I mean, jeez. If you use the uh, chartreuse color, that'd probably be productive. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of have that. You know, if I was fish, I wouldn't want to eat that garlic flavor. Give me some of that sugar. No, we had that dry hands <laughs> minnow bucket, and I just thought, you know, to pick a winner for it, it would be kind of neat to have all the you know names on a 
gummy fish or something and you put them all in there swirl them around pull one up and it comes out shows how the product works and, yeah. and, you and know gums what? it up with gummy stuff all in well, it. it didn't have to be gummies it could have been a little plastic fish it could have been who knows what plastic fish who knows we get those where at the plastic listen, fish store listen plastic fish are us you, you turn around have all day to think you know, you yeah. speaking, of, speaking of those dry hand uh, minnow buckets, that was a great hit. I, I put in for the silent bid. We had one on there. I, I got blown away. Silent auction deal. Yeah. And then, of course, the raffle one I dumped like uh, Bill did. I dumped my pile of tickets on that. <laughs> Forget it. So uh, <laughs> we're, weren't we supposed to have a promo code somewhere? Ah, uh, Yeah. There's did a promo code on there. Yeah. It's on there. It's on the I, site. It's on there. It's all good. It's on where? It's on the Facebook page. We need to put it on the website. Website, because we, uh, I referred, and it's not there. I was told, "Hey, where's this number to get a, you know, to get the best deal for the dry hands minnow bucket?" So I went on there last night to see if I could find it. I couldn't find it, and then I was going to. I was thinking, well, you know what? I think I'll order me one. Since I didn't win, I just go ahead and buy one. But Did of you order I didn't, one? No, because it wasn't any info there. No info. No info for the uh, promo. So I told everybody, just hold up. Let me see what I can find out. No info. For the, for the promo. promo. <laughs> Thank you, Billy O. I'll look for it and I'll make sure you get it so that you don't freak out. Yeah, we need to do that because there is some. Oh, here it is it. right here on our Facebook page, DH20PC. There you go. Right, blah, go blah, blah. Over, go ahead and transfer that over to it's the right website. It's right there. It's right there on the Did Facebook page. Did you not hear me say that some of the guys that I talked to do not have a Facebook page? I well, haven't. If you're, listening to the radio, if you're listening to the radio right now, add to the card. Oh, well, let me just write this down code. while I'm driving. Whew, yeah. What was that promo code again? <laughs> All you have to remember is DH20PC. I'm going to do that right now. Dog Ooh. hunters, 20 of them. Practicing, you done lost culling. or just visit the Big and Wild page. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he said. He, okay, you don't have your headphones on. Yeah, he didn't hear that. No. Yeah. All right, we got to take top of the hour break. We are Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G Five Feed and Outdoors, Brandon Ford. Don't forget, we have another pair to give away next hour. We are Big and Wild. <laughs> 